I'm Michael Marinello. And I'm Robert Mathers. And this is Radio Free Jersey Presents of All Time. On this episode, Diffuser's Top 10 Most Underrated Beatles Songs. Um, are we rolling? How are you, buddy? Good, how are you? I'm well. This, uh, I don't know, we're in the 87th day of, the 87th <laughs> month of, uh, of this quarantine yeah. uh, thing here. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, but uh, regardless of all, all that stuff, uh, I'm really, really, really excited for uh, this next show, number one, as you are, and as you well know, anybody who's listening to this, you will probably know that I'm a huge Beatles fan. Number two, uh, it's not every day I get to uh, talk to and have a conversation with somebody I listen to on the radio uh regularly and listen to with my kids so uh i'm super excited yeah i was i'm really happy that uh we have our guest who is sitting in the virtual green room uh, <laughs> as we are continuing to record these uh shows from a safe space you and i have spoken to a a, um, a fairly well connected uh professional disc jockey john laurenti from boston and from on island from rhode island we had him back when we did uh, the old rfj show um, I believe that was to talk about the Beatles as well. It is, yes. Well, uh, we make this full circle. Not that I'm a one-trick <laughs> pony, no, but we <laughs> we have a lot of uh, folks out there. Now, again, I was on the radio for a brief period of time, worked in radio for close to 30 years, but but actually on the air on a regular basis for a, a brief period of time. Yep. <clears throat> as if you ever get the raw versions of these tapes, you'll hear why. <laughs> So I've reached out to uh, a number of folks, and and today I'm really jazzed that we're we get we're getting Ken here, um, partially because as you just mentioned, this is somebody you've listened to as well for a long time. This is not someone with whom I worked with, uh, and uh, and am friends with, um, but you have had a little uh, you had a little like correspondence with Ken recently, yes, right? Yes. Um, it started last year around this time um, on his Breakfast with the Beatles show. He advertises uh, a pasta sauce maker named Michaels of Brooklyn. And, uh, and you know, just uh, simply because I'm the world's most impressionable and uh, susceptible person, I was like, every time I would go I'd see it in the grocery store. I'm like, oh, let me. Ken advertises it on uh, <laughs> on uh, on Breakfast with the Beatles. I might as well buy it and support it. So I did, and I liked it. And we would use it for our sauce when we weren't making sauce or gravy, depending on how uh, Italian American, Southern Italian you want to be. But um, so last year, after buying the sauce, um, the kids and Barbara decided to take me to Michael's of Brooklyn. It's a restaurant uh, in the Avenue R and Nostrand Avenue, kind of, kind of the Midwood section of Brooklyn-ish. I think that's where it is. But we went out there. So uh, after we went out, I wrote Ken and said, hey, Ken, you know, you know, based on your suggestion, I, we bought it and we went out there and we checked it out. And and I also mentioned that, like, oh, you know, my friend uh, RDM and you used to work with him. And he wrote back and said, that, that's awesome. Thank you for supporting. And he mentioned me on the radio. And then this past year, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I did it again. And we would we would go back and forth and uh, had similar things about and, you know, 
uh, you know, and send in a request or two, talk about uh, Michael's of Brooklyn and and uh, what we're listening to, what we're doing through the quarantine. So, yeah, if, uh, I have a little bit of a, a pen a pen pal ship with uh, with Ken. Well, now you're gonna now we're gonna have it on tape that you and uh, Ken Dasha will be on a program together. All right, let's go to the virtual green room and bring in the, our friend Ken Dasha. <laughs> Legendary radio presenter and current host of Q1043's Breakfast with the Beatles Sundays on New York City's Q1043 FM. He also hosts the uh, afternoon drive show on Q1043, uh, Monday through Thursday, and is a voice that those of you outside the New York Metro may well know because he's also on your iHeartRadio classic rock station. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ken Dashow. How you doing, buddy? How's everything? Things are very, very well. Uh, glad to have you here. Now, for those of you playing the home game, <clears throat> Ken and I work together. Uh, I want to say, you, you've been on 19 years at Q104? Uh, this is coming up. Uh, April 1st was my 21st year. 20, oh, right, because you were, that's right. right 99. How crazy is that? <laughs> uh, crazy. Yes, and I started there one year prior. Um, and we worked together. We worked together in studio a lot. We worked together with the legendary Scott Muni. We did remotes together. We had a lot of uh, these conversations that I think we're we're heading into now. Uh, um, just curious, do the do your listeners know what your nickname was? <laughs> I think it has come I up. Do, but but, uh, but if you would like to share with everybody, you go right ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, Robert Daniel Mathers was affectionately, and I do say affectionately, known as the Beeb. Yes. Uh, for for any millennials out there listening, that would be uh, <laughs> uh, what was it? Jerry Mather was is his real name? The Jerry Mathers from... as the Beaver. Yes. Yeah. As there you go. Correct. So, so as we mentioned at the top, folks, we're going to talk because Ken is a Beatle expert and the host of uh, Breakfast with the Beatles Sundays. Uh, we're going to go through this Diffuser.fm list of the ten most underrated Beatles songs of all time. Ken, what do you think warrants the term underrated? Well, you know, that's the big thing. The point of any list is to start an argument in a bar, basically, <laughs> and hopefully it's a friendly argument. Exactly. Like on classic rock, and you guys, we've have covered it. Like, why is why is Stairway to Heaven always number one on the rock? How much does Led Zeppelin pay you? And my answer is always, they pay us $18.37 every year to make sure they're on top. <laughs> and we're in radio, so we take the money. <laughs> And I, I will tell you now that 90% of the people I respond with to answer back, I knew it. I fucking knew it. I knew they paid you. Uh, that's, that's awesome. You heard it here second, folks. <laughs> so, right. The, the, the problem with a list like this is, I mean, the, your 10 favorite Beatles songs are your 10 favorites. Your 10 least favorite, are, you know, it's all subjective. But how do you how do you underrated as sales as chart position as for me and this is my own thing is by what people request right. I, I because i've been doing breakfast with the beatles and 
I don't lecture about the Beatles. I, I, I actually don't like the term Beatle expert. I'm a Beatle fan. I've just been doing it for a long time. And the reason I like doing the request show is you can, at this point in the world, you can find out anything you want about anything about the Beatles in five seconds on the little thinky box in your pocket. Right. So w- w- listing a song that means something to you and you explaining why that's more interesting to me than this was re the, the overdub was recorded on February 6th using this kind of mic. All right. Fair enough. So if we go back to the article, um, they don't really give an ex- explanation. You know, they say, so you think every one of their songs is amazing and there's no need to write them. Uh, but some Beatles songs just don't get as much love as others. So that's what they couched it as. What, what the, the authors here at Diffuser, and there's nobody, um, I'm sorry, Will Leveth. Will Leveth put this out, and this came out on the 22 October in 2013. So it's about seven years old, and it's got to come from his mind. So we have to couch it in that. But there is an editorial board, apparently, allegedly, at Diffuser. So uh, this is what they believe are underrated songs. So uh, Mike's going to read the, the the top, you know, the 10 through 6 and we'll debate that and then we'll we'll round it out and then we'll do a summation that uh, are we going to call BS on this list. So Mike <laughs> and and I would also like to uh, the, the three of us to discuss what would we either uh, sub in or what would be what would be included in our I don't know top five top ten of uh, most over or underrated uh, uh, underrated uh, Beatles song excuse me so absolutely uh, ten Hey Bulldog uh, from Yellow Submarine and a favorite of uh, Dave Grohl <laughs> Grohl uh, nine Two of Us from Let It Be. Uh, number eight, no reply from Beatles for Sale. Number seven, it's only love from Help. <laughs> and number six, within you, without you, from Sergeant Pepper. All right. So, uh, on this list that Mike just read, right? Hey, Bulldog, two of us, no reply. It's only love within you and without you. Would they fit an underrated? Like, in other words, do they get requested a lot, Ken? Do they? Do they? You know, you don't hit these other big lists. Do people even know these songs? The average casual Beatle fan. Um, yeah, you know, uh, the Beatle fan knows all of these songs. The right. casual listener doesn't know most of these songs. You know, the, the guy who likes the Beatles and has to think for a minute about n- naming like five Beatles songs. But he, I, li- I know it when I hear it, that fan. And, we, you know, we love those fans too. But Hey Bulldog is definitely an underrated song from Yellow Submarine because – I think the concept of Yellow Submarine was because of the animated film and they had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. The whole idea of it was kind of shunted to the side of the room. Like, oh, they didn't really put their backs into this one. They just threw some songs on there. And it's just not true. Yellow Submarine is a masterful work, even though it's a children's song. There are two songs that always get requested by every child, and it's Octopus's Garden and right. Yellow Submarine. And mm-hmm. that is that is the primer. That is the kindergarten welcome to the Beatles world. That's easy to walk out. They can all sing it. It's easy to sing. And Hey Bulldog, that goes along with it. Everybody who loves has a dog or requests it but it's very much in the idea of pet sounds of the beach boys as at the end you've got this funky funky piano line going on that john's playing and when he when they start to growl and bark 
Paul just starts barking in the studio. It wasn't planned. Right, right. And John says, you got any more? Right. And then they just start riffing, barking on a Beatle album like the Beach Boys were using pet sounds. And nobody ever stops to say one of the most, the fa- most famous band in the world is just screwing around in the studio making animal noises and it's going to the final mix. That's great. I always thought that it, it also was an influence on um, when the monkeys did I'm Gonna Buy Me a Dog because they did that routine at the end as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Uh, Two of Us, I do believe it's an underrated song. Um, I think it's one of the more... Uh, I mean, you just hear this is Lennon McCartney getting back to being Lennon McCartney when they were 15, 16, 17 years old. Right. Yeah, I agree. There's a line in it that's that's heartbreaking to me that I this is I've never read other people I, I don't really read criticisms of it but that you and me chasing paper uh, meaning the lawsuits yeah. going back and forth that's how I always took yeah. it of we're not writing songs we spend more time with lawyers writing writing up legal briefs than we are sitting with guitars in our hand exactly yeah um no reply. Uh, yeah, I mean it's I, I, it's a nice simple song from early in the day. I'll, I'll tell you how powerful it is. Go if you if you attach this. I had one of my highlight guests that I've ever had on the radio uh, was Roseanne Cash. Mm. I have the biggest crush on her now in the world because she's brilliant, intelligent, and. Well, she told me the story. She got into music, not because of her dad, Johnny Cash, but because of the Beatles. She lived the Beatles. And she said, I want you to know that she wrote an essay. Was it for Rolling Stone or Esquire? Forgive me. I forgot what, what they they were asking famous people to write stories about their favorite songs. And she wrote an essay about No Reply. She said, as a teenager, it's the first time that I knew that adults lied to each other that you know that you weren't truthful to each other and i when i i was eavesdropping on my mom and my dad on a phone conversation dad was away on tour and i realized oh my god they're breaking up they're going to get divorced and there was that no reply says i called why weren't you there and i kept thinking of no reply and she said the scream think of the scream i saw your light I nearly died. The scream of that, she said, here's a, here's a true fact. I've gotten Grammys and I've won all these awards and a lot of people like my music. Every single song I've ever written has tried to become, I've, I've tried to be as honest as John Lennon was in No Reply to get to that honest pain of that scream. And as far as I'm concerned, I never got there. So do you, do you think that it was... Um, maybe drawn from you know his his parents who he didn't you know never really saw them in relationship together or you know much like Norwegian Wood a few years later I'm just gonna this is my subtle way of telling Cynthia that um, I'm stepping out you know I, I I have no idea that everybody says you know you draw from real life and these guys were such magpies they did draw from real life but they from magazines from stories and the thing that they were able to do as great perhaps as any songwriter individually together ever did is they could just think about the world or life 
like a great writer or a novelist and just build the life of someone or a story or a moment. Think of Eleanor Rigby. Mm. He just saw the name. Where did the whole story of what she does and how she feels comes to a 25-year-old kid? So just like this, if it never happened, John could still put himself in that position. What if you walked to a girl's house after she never answered the phone and you saw her with somebody in her room? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, it also has shades of uh, Delilah, right? Yeah. You know, we were all around the same time. Um, It's Only Love, another great write from Help. Yeah. That to me, for me, and again, this is all subjective. Uh, It's a a fun song, but I I have a bunch of Beatles songs that I think are better than that that are underrated yeah. compared to its only love. Well, we'll get yeah. to that in a little bit. Mike, what do you think so far? <laughs> I, I agree. I, uh, I always think of its only love um, when I would, whenever uh, I some, some write up, but it's very, I think that's the infamous one. I think it's the Rolling Stone interview where John basically claims it was a, a horror. He hated that song and uh, it's a, a, a waste of time. Which always kind of makes me like it a little bit more. <laughs> so, but and then we round out that that first five there with uh, a, a George song. Thank God, um, <laughs> within you, without you. I've always thought this was the most underrated track on Sergeant Pepper. It's also my favorite track uh, on Sergeant Pepper. Um, but then you know I'm a George guy. Right. Exactly. The thing about within you, without you, is it's the most important song to every musician who ever lived, who played in that era. And it's remarkable. To people who wanted the pop Beatles, that was, they couldn't wrap their minds around something because they wanted toe tappers. They wanted, they still wanted hits. Right. And, you know, that was the idea of, it's not the Beatles. It's Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. The Beatles are only on the album for the beginning and the very end. And everything else is this other fictitious band that can do whatever it wants. Every musician, every single one has said, when that came out, I sat down on the floor and cried because we were trying to make cool records. And you realize they just moved the goalposts to another city. (laughs) They didn't make the field longer. They, They didn't just redefine success. They pushed it to a place that we can't touch. How do I walk into the studio and say, okay, guys, let's make our within you without you. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. And the top five. Top five. Uh, I think this, we, we start to get into the cute zone. Her Majesty from uh, Abbey Road, uh, Blue Jay Way from the Magical Mystery Tour, Glass Onion from White Album, Sun King also from Abbey Road, and What Goes On uh, from Rubber Soul. Uh, I don't know. I mean, is Her Majesty an underrated song? It's... I don't yeah, know. It's more of a curiosity to me. And, you know, uh, I'm mo- much more fascinated by the fact that it was originally supposed to be in the middle of that Abbey Road um, medley. And uh, I've listened to the, the, you know, the cuts where they put it back where it was supposed to be. And I always just kind of thought it was a, a fun little coda. And it was a very Beatles thing to do to just say, oh, well, we made this great statement. And the, the love you make is equal to the love you take. And, oh, let's just uh, let's just bollocks it all and and say, oh, let's uh Throw her Majesty onto the end just as a little joke. So, I, like, I, the curiosity is is more. I, you know, I don't. I, I mean, I guess it's underrated because it's not something you would people. I don't know. Can do people request it on the radio all that much? 
No, literally never has anybody requested <laughs> Her Majesty. And because that's exactly what it is. It's, it's Paul fooling around. It fit in the medley. And then he said, it doesn't need to be there. And they end with the most powerful couplet that he may have ever written as a Beatle. They listen to it. They're crying. And John says, oh, bollocks, we can't end it with something this heavy. Throw that stupid Her Majesty thing on. But wait like 30 seconds so that as they get up to turn the record over, you sing that because we have to, like Monty Python, the Beatles don't end with an elegiac chord harmony. It should end with the big foot coming down and up <laughs> as you like hit it. Like, and you know what? I think they're both right. I understand exactly both their points. The song from that album that doesn't get requested enough that I think is one of the greatest underrated songs is Because. Okay, I'll give you that one. The psychedelic harmony, we're not going to have any music. You want, it, want us to show you what we can do? We're just the three of us are going to stand around a mic and it's going to be a psychedelic journey like you've never heard. So would yeah. you replace that with Sun King? Well, see, okay, or would so, you replace Sun King with Because, I guess? No, I think Sun King is one of the most requested songs I've had really? in the 18 years I've been doing it. It is one of the most positive, powerful, nobody ever wants to skip it. I could play it every week and nobody would get tired of it. I am clearly in the minority. It is one of my least favorite <laughs> Beatles songs of all time. I just figured it's John butchering Italian, right? Right. Well, you know, he, it's uh, butchering Spanish. That, that's what, yeah, okay. But, you know... <laughs> It's that medley leads to so many different things. There's two medleys there that's, that are tent poles for the album and for the Beatles, from that to Mean Mr. Mustard to Polythene Pan. Right. You know, it, it it's this beautiful melodic, like hanging out in Mallorca. And then we go into this other medley that is like, it's so beatle It's fantastic. Right. All right. So then in this group here, too, we also have another George song, Blue Jay Way. Yeah, what do you guys think? You're the George guy. What do you think of that? I would have put uh, I would have would have put another George song. I could have put I would have put for you blue in there because I don't think that gets it. It, it I don't ever remember it being in regular rotation. I don't remember it being requested all that often. Um, and it's one of my favorite songs. Um, I love uh, Danny Harrison's cover of it. Uh, you know, it's just a great great song that. Uh, uh, as always, <clears throat> because my soul is black, fit my mood. Um, no, I, I mean, but but the, the, but by the same token, Blue Jay Way also is, um, you know, he was the first Beatle to come to America. He kind of saw the underbelly um, because, you know, where Louise lived, he didn't get it wasn't all glitzy and glamoury, you know. So I, I think they got to see some of that that too. Um, but I definitely would. I don't know if it belongs that high up if I was doing 10 underrated songs. For me, the George song I would replace that with is I Want to Tell You, one of my favorite uh, yeah. songs. Just because well. you have that? Yep. Because <laughs> like, yep. for me, you know, the oh, George wasn't much of a songwriter and little George, we had to take him along. The opening of that song, the the piano you know, to guitar. And it's just such a beautiful, interesting opening that, and it's really early. It's still in that middle phase of their career where they're experimenting. And in its own way, the rhythm of it is as far out as anything, you know, the boys did of that, that John and Paul did. And, you know, knowing that they always had a fight like heck to try to get 
a George song on it, you know, that George Martin had to fight to get his songs on. What do you think of Glass Onion? I I love Glass Onion. It's it's one of my faves. It it's kind of that's that's on the border of underrated or fun, but you know, it's John being self-referential to it. I love the psychedelic cellos in it. Um, I, yeah, I, I think it wavers in and out between being liked and being, oh yeah, that song. I think we get to, I think it would be different if the White Album were a single album, it would have had more attention. But being the double album that it is, it's one of the songs that gets sort of the second tier on an album because there's so much on it. Right. And then their number one here <laughs> is what goes on. Now, my supposition is they threw it on there because they realized they didn't have any Ringo tracks. <laughs> this constantly reminds me of, oh, okay. So it's late 1977. Neil Innes and Eric Idle are sitting around crafting out the ruddles. And Neil Innes goes, I need, I need a jumping off point. This. Oh, this is everything. This, this is Barrington Womble. This is this is this song is everything that I'm going to make fun of lightly. I'm going to poke fun at when I put this uh, uh, soundtrack album together. Now, Ken, you've talked to Neil right many times. Yeah, I, it's one of the most devastating losses we had of you know at the end of the year for Neil to have passed away. We became very good friends, and he was brilliant and funny and acerbic and just he he not only was able to write song parodies but he got the style of the singer right he got the style of the songs right it was just it was amazing to me you know going back to what goes on what do you guys think i, I can't see any reason to listen to it i don't know if that's ever been requested in 16 <laughs> years of doing yeah. breakfast with the beatles literally not once right all right. So what? We, and again, sorry. No, and no offense to Ringo, but the songs that I see on that list that that aren't on that list that to me are overlooked are Norwegian Wood. Mm Hi, -hmm. we've got a sitar, a Western pop song. Right. What? Huh? How does that sound? How yeah. does that work again? And she said, she said. Yeah. I think you know the thing. Everybody, every time I get interviewed on. Every once in a while, there's a Beatle anniversary, and once in a while, I've had the honor of being on a TV or a radio program or an interview or something. And the question is always, you know, why the why are the Beatles still relevant? And my my sort of stock answer, but it's the real answer, is there's always been boy bands and there've always been teen idols, you know, from Bing Crosby to Frank Sinatra to Elvis to the Beatles. Why, why are the Beatles still relevant 50 years from now and 500 years from now? Is because in 1964, they gave us I Want to Hold Your Hand. And in 1966, we got, she said, I know what it's like to be dead. <laughs> Jeez. We got, turn off your mind, relax, and float downstream. This is not dying, quoting the Tibetan Book of the Dead. That's how fast we went from the mop tops <laughs> to... Hey, here's some Eastern philosophy, kids. Check this out. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Ken, how did you start doing the Breakfast with the Beatles show? What's that origin story? <laughs> it, it, like any great idea, it's the most 
boring, meaningless start of anything. But I, I mean, I can imagine the electric light starting with, man, this candle keeps blowing out. You know, <laughs> that has to be some stupid thing. It was, it was the anniversary of the Beatles landing at JFK in 64. So this had to be... Oh, four. Uh, yeah, I guess. Or was it... Yeah, it had to be mm-hmm. 04. Yep. And I said to our program director at the time, Bob Buckman, and I was doing Sunday mornings, just doing a, a show because you know, Jerry does Friday afternoons, uh, the the uh, the uh, bar show, you know, happy hour. And I said, hey, Bob, it's the anniversary of the Beatles landing in America. How about if I play some Beatles, like do a Beatles set of their early stuff Sunday morning to celebrate it? And Bob just without it, with five seconds said, why don't you play all Beatles? I said, like all Beatles? Yeah. He said, yeah. I said, seriously? He goes, yeah. What What's going to happen? I said, all right. He goes, you know the Beatles? Yeah. Could you just pick two hours of Beatles music? I'm like, yeah. All right, just do it. I won't put it in the log. And I said, okay. And so I did it. And I just literally, I said, hey, I'm just going to play Beatles this morning. And first year I'm coming. And I just kind of did that. I walked it through and I just said, and, you know, two years later, you got this song. And then they got the Here's Hard Day's Night and the movie. It all came so fast. And people started calling and emailing and saying, what about this song? What about that song? So I started just, okay, I got some requests here. I'll play it. And when I came in the next day, Monday, Bob looked at me with this funny look on his face. He said, you played old Beatles Sunday morning, right? Yeah. He goes, I've never gotten so many emails or phone calls of requests of people saying, now you're going to do that every week, right? <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of songs he didn't get to. Tell him about this, that, that. I said, well, I'll do it again next year. And he said, why don't you do it <laughs> next, next week. Sunday? I said, do it. And I'm, I'm really quick. You can't pull the wool over my eyes. And I said, you mean do it again? Like the very next week and do Beatles? He goes, yeah. Okay. And I thought he was nuts. But I said, that'll people get sick of it. So I did it the next week. And I came in Monday. He's, and before I could say anything, he said, tell you what, why don't you just keep playing the Beatles on Sunday morning till I tell you to stop? <laughs> and Bob has left that and has gone to LA and San Diego and is now at Sirius and he's, he's never told me to stop. Of course he has, he doesn't work for us anymore, <laughs> but he's never told me to stop. So I don't think I'm going to stop. I love that. It was funny That's because great. the, so my version of that, I was still at the station then I was, uh, had a digital for the cluster at the time for the market. And, um, I want to say on your third week, you and I yeah. had a conversation so Bob had mentioned in a programming meeting, hey, we're going to do this all the time. So we drum, we, I drummed up a web page for it. Um, uh-huh. And you said, uh, is there a way that I could get these requests in an orderly fashion? <laughs> and I said, yeah, yeah. We'll, let's, we'll do a, I'll do like I do for the, for the countdown. You know, we put a little sheet together for you or routed emails or whatever it was. We kind of organized yeah. it and all that. And uh, that it was fun because that was the, uh, the you doing that show. Um, and it was within a year or two, right? We lost Muni in 02, if I remember correctly. Sounds right. Um, and, and the only real Beatle block we had, and, and Maria still does this, right? The noon, yep. you know, which was something that, that the carry on Scots. But the fact that you can't get this amount of Beatles anywhere in the New York Metro. 
you guys are it. I mean, outside of an entire channel devoted that Paul McCartney owns on Sirius, you know, this, if you want to not pay for radio, this is, you've got it. And then there have been, since 2004, a ton of imitators. Uh, Bob took it to KLOS. Right. <laughs> um, and other other markets, you know, do it, uh, and you guys sort of cornered the market on that. So congratulations. Uh, thank you. And people, you know, it's funny when when you hear about, you know, research. Oh, research is killing, killed radio and killed this or killed that. And no, the bad interpretation of research, doing bad research and drawing bad conclusions, is what hurts radio stations. And you know when. That's the biggest thing about classic rock when you say, well, you can't play stuff from the 60s. It's too broad a spectrum. Like, okay, well, are the 60s Herman's Hermits, Mrs. Brown, You've Got a Lovely Daughter? Or is it Jimi Hendrix doing Purple Haze? Those are both the 60s. There's, there are very different slices of the 60s. Now, in our, in our day-to-day playing, we, we don't really play 64 Beatles. We don't play Mop Top Beatles. We play psychedelic Beatles. We play Pepper and, and Magical Mystery Tour and Abbey Road and Let It Be. That's where the, the average listener wants to hear his Beatles. Um, on Maria's workforce blocks and on Sunday mornings, it's everything. And it's solo and it's, it's other versions of it. And you re- I have always said that classic rock has the biggest tent on the music fairground is that you know, here's this rock station that plays Harry Chapin and Green Day. We play, you know, we play Beatles and we play Metallica. And you say, well, be, and the that the answer is because we do it well and we really parse out what the audience would like to hear. So, getting back to uh, this list of the ten most underrated Beatles songs, as as Diffuser has set out, our week. So, what 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 else did they miss that you would want to put on here? Yeah, I, I don't know if they. We, we have to be so. What did they miss? But what other things you think, uh, Robert? What 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 would you throw on this list? Well, I, you, I don't. I think ask. one after nine oh nine is a is a song that you don't hear about enough. Um, I would the aforementioned polythene Pam, and actually, as cheesy as it sounds, um, is you know my name. Look up the number. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's bizarre and. Brilliant. For that same reason, I would put Good Night by Ringo yeah. on that list. That's I have a friend of mine who's a, a, a club DJ and a big music fan. We meet at the dog park all the time. And he always said, the White Album is much more psychedelic than, than Sgt. Pepper's. I said, why? He said, Revolution Number 9 and Good Night on the same album. Like you got a point there. See, and that 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 is Revolution Nine is also a song that uh, I to this day, um, I, and I am almost as old as the Beatles broke up. If that makes any sense. At this as at, at my advanced age, I still cannot listen to Revolution Nine in the dark yeah. or with low light. It's creepy to me. Yeah. Uh, on the remix of that uh, Giles Martin did yes. on the White Album. Yep. Do you know this? Yeah. He mixed it in 5.1 surround. Try that one night with the lights out. See how that does. <laughs> yeah, I have to do that. I, if I'm going to do get... it, it has to be sober. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
holding on to something, hugging something. Yeah. I, I still get freaked out by the um, the end of Sergeant Pepper with the you know the 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 groove at the end of of uh, after a day in the life. That even like if, I don't know why after a thousand listens I forget about it, but I usually lull myself into some forgetting about it, and then it it hits me, and then I get I get a slight uh, you know a little jump out of the seat <laughs> jar, jarringness to that. Right. One. All right. Anything else that uh, we want to? Any other tracks that you think are underrated that we want to mention? Either of you? Uh, you know what? I think I think we should do the same thing somewhere along the line for their solo careers. Oh, yeah. oh I like that. So you'll come back. <laughs> I will come back. We'll do a a Paul. See, here's here's the biggest problem with John Lennon is that John. It was so obvious, like why the Beatles were such a, a great vehicle for him to have other people going, well, don't just sit there and, and scream mother. What if right. you do that? And then I'll do this and right. then we can go there, you know, and somebody else helping with the driving seemed to build more things. Likewise, him taking a snippet of something that Paul would do, like right. and saying, yeah, that's cute, but now let's go here. It was, they were so perfectly tuned to taking the strengths of each other and like making them fit and turning it into something beyond what either of them could have done. So based on that, because I agree with you, I think, and I there was a special place in my heart for McCartney, obviously, but I do think that a lot of his uh, hookie-dookie, fluffy, Uncle Fluffy songs got out there. Um, and probably shouldn't have, but he was it. I mean, look, it's, it's, I appreciate that, that he did the telethon, um, you know, a few weeks back, uh, for COVID-19. Um, right. Maybe he should have practiced a little. Yeah. He just didn't, he didn't put anything into it. He didn't practice at all. Just showed up and try to remember the chords on the fly. Right. And then, and, and then you've got this little, I love the fact that there is still a battle in quotes, between the yes. Beatles and the Rolling Stones. And finally, Jagger just sort of called him on it. He said, well, we're still here, and they're not. Um, so putting all of that <laughs> and, sort of in... By the way, as an ellipse in that story, so there it is. Mick, who has practiced for days on end, <laughs> done exercise, warmed up vocal, and worked on the guitar. Its guitar work was the best it has ever been. Yeah, Stunning. Perfect guitar work, playing, singing it, has the right reverb. And then in the other screen, there's Keith sitting on a couch, <laughs> thinking, With a if, I know, if I know some of it, I'll play, I'll play it. If I, if I jump in when, I, when I, something strikes a bell or I'll sing something, Ronnie is on point and Charlie mm -hmm. was just hilarious, brilliant. Yeah. And if you follow Charlie, he was playing every beat perfectly. So if, if and this is the age-old question, right, but, but we'll add it into the science that you just said of, of that sort of give and take between Lennon and McCartney. And, and we know that in the so well, George never really played with Paul that much, but he did play on Imagine. He did play with Ringo. I love the, um, the first version of It Don't Come Easy with George singing. I think that's phenomenal. Um, oh, yeah. Had John Lennon not been assassinated... Do you think they would have not necessarily toured, but do you think they would have started cropping up on each other's music in the 80s and 90s? Um, I think it was inevitable. Um, it's funny. I A quote, I was interviewing Yoko uh, a few years back, and we, I forgot what the subject of what was releasing it. And 
you know, I said he 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 had made such a, an effort not to go back to the Beatles, but so much of the vocals were still in the Phil Spector, you know, doing the fifties sound that Phil had, but it's like he was afraid of touching being Beatley again until, you know, things like that. And Yoko just said out of the blue, and I didn't, I, you know, I wasn't trying to angle towards it. She just said, um, he needed his friends around him. I realize that now. Mm. And when I recovered, when I got off the floor and the blood <laughs> came back to my head, I kept thinking, okay, uh, 30 years too late, but okay. <laughs> yeah. That could have changed a lot of things. If, I mean, he relied on you for everything. He was, he had a mother figure in Aunt Mimi and he found her again in you. If you yep. had said, you know, you could record with, and write with Paul. It doesn't have to be the Beatles. You're still, it's still John. It could have, it would have changed the whole face of music. Wow, that's a that's a that's a mic drop moment right there. <laughs> Ken Dashow, host of uh, Q 1043s uh, Breakfast with the Beatles Sundays on Q 1043. Uh, any other plugs you'd like to give? How can people find you on social media, Ken? Oh, thanks. Uh, Facebook, uh, Ken Dashow, the official page is easier to get to. Uh, I'm pretty sure I have an Instagram account. <laughs> yes, it's <laughs> Ken Dashow on Instagram and, and Twitter. But uh, the Facebook and Instagram is great. And always my blog page at q1043.com. And, you know, I'm the luckiest guy who ever lived. I get to do something I love doing. And just hope I can keep doing it on and on. You know, I, I had crossed a big number last year and my, my financial advisor said, do you have a date in mind when you want to retire? And I said, yes. And he said, go. And I said, when I draw my last breath on this earth. And he threw the pen down and said, you know, I got guys making like nine figures who tell me two years, three months, three days. Six hours and nineteen minutes. I said, "Well, then that's prison, but it's in a fancy house with a fancy watch. That's right. you shouldn't do that." Right. That was great, Ken. Thank you very much for uh, for being here with us today, and we'll definitely have you back. Oh, thank! This was so much fun, guys. Thank you. <laughs> Continued good luck with it. I think it's fantastic. Thank you. So, what do you think of that, my friend? <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, I always, you know. Uh, I could just talk to myself about the Beatles, but to talk to you and to talk to Ken, who talks about the Beatles uh, for a living on the radio, uh, was just amazing. And it was great to get his insights and his feedback and what he thought of. And, you know, I, I am kind of now, I will kind of take, my takeaway is uh, I will view underrated as things that people would never request on the radio and that's a good parameter for me to use uh as if i if i would hear it on uh ken's show then i, I don't think i could call it underrated no i i i 100 agree and when ken was telling the story of uh, his interview with yoko ono and i one of the thoughts that occurred to me especially because you and i are of italian descent <laughs> Is the and the adage of you have to give someone the utmost respect if yep. they shook Frank Sinatra's hand, yep. right? And anybody that you know that shook Frank Sinatra's hand, you 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 defer to them on certain things, and you you have that respect. Um, and Ken Dashow has is now in a whole other pantheon to me because he interviewed Yoko Ono who 
I mean, it, it is part of that is part of that family is part of the 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 um canon if you yep. will the uh, inner circle <laughs> yes i mean she was mrs john so mm-hmm. to to have that and for her to have and she doesn't do a ton of interviews so it was a big get for ken to have that conversation with her or have those conversations with her so right. uh again have had respect for ken for the 20 something years that i've known him um but yeah the uh yeah so listen if uh if anybody tries to screw with ken dasha they're gonna have to deal with us yes Italian Americans. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's going to do it here for another episode <laughs> of All Time. That was awesome. Uh, well, thank you guys all for listening. Um, and uh, if you want to follow us, uh, here's uh, here's how you can get a hold of us on Twitter. You can hit us at at Radio Free Jersey on Instagram. Follow us at RFJ of All Time. On Facebook, just search for Radio Free Jersey. There's a, uh, a a page for the show. And on the web, you can hit us at RadioFreeJersey.com. And thank you again to Ken Dasho for uh, for sitting in with us today and, and already coming up with an idea for at least four other shows. Exactly. Uh, solo, underrated solo works of the, uh, of the four Beatles. All right, folks, please tell a friend about uh, Radio Free Jersey Presents of All Time and head over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating uh, because... The the more people know about this show, we can get other really incredible people that uh, we can talk to about it. And again, if you've got a list that you want us to tackle, uh, go ahead and hit us on those socials that Mike just talked about. Thanks, everybody. This podcast is a production of Radio Free Jersey.